Welcome to another episode of Authentic Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Chad Wagner. Authentic Entrepreneur is about real people living their truth through entrepreneurship. My guest today is Harley Ashby of Indigo Ashby Denim Company. Harley, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. It sounds like something's going on in the background. Yeah, a little. It's a little hectic, um, but uh, this is the best spot I could find. We can tolerate it, man. Um, cool. I've, I've had a lot of uh, interviews where we're outside. There's a lot of noise going on. Right. Um, but yeah, we're we're good to go. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. I know you're a super busy guy. You're you're living out there in Oregon somewhere. Yeah, in Portland. In Portland, fantastic. Yeah. And so back to back up, Authentic Entrepreneur is about real people living their truth through entrepreneurship. And from what I've seen of you on Instagram, you're really living that definition every day with your passion in denim and the sewing machines. And so I'm super stoked to get to know you and talk about your business. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, brother. So start us off with just a little introduction of yourself and what is Indigo Ashby? Yeah, yeah. So um, my name is Harley Ashby. Uh, my company is Indigo Ashby. I started making uh, denim jeans when I, I decided to start making them when I was 19. Um, and I didn't know how to sew or, or anything. So I was in for a, a heap of, of learning and, and work. Um, but it just uh, it was something I was always interested in was was making clothes. And uh, one area that I saw lacking the most, I think, would be like quality denim jeans. And so I, I made that my mission um, and, and just began, you know, researching and and kind of going through the wormhole of of what real denim is and what quality denim is. And there's a huge variety of denim, am I right? Oh, yeah. It is. Um, it's it's endless. It seems. Yeah. And uh, with, it seems like denim is, is really at a high right now. Um, it's kind of back and it's super popular and, and everything from pants to jackets to just about everything. Right. Yeah, I, I so, think, uh, I, I, sorry to cut you off, go ahead. I just hope that that's uh, treating you well. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I'm fortunate enough, you know, to, to be surrounded by the people that I am, because um, it's taken a lot of people for me to get, get to where I, you know, am today, and, and I've had a lot of help along the way, uh, and so the the thing I like about denim though is it's it's kind of at a high right now it's but the the cool thing about denim is it never really um, goes out of style you know it's certain trends in denim may kind of fade away and come back but as a as a fabric in general it's it's a really it's like silk you know it's it's just not going anywhere um so I'm having fun and uh and trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. As far as kind of progressing 
on the business? Uh, yeah. And, you know, aesthetically, um, I have a vision for, uh, not perfect as in like, like, you know, this achievable thing, but perfect, uh, in my mind of, of like what the perfect gene is, uh, both aesthetically and in construction. And so I think that's something that we never stop learning. Um, and you kind of just, I, I think a lot of people get caught up in like, this is the only way you can do it. Um, when, when you can kind of make your own way, uh, whether that's changing up seams or doing it with different machines or just a different look. Um, so that, that's something that's always on my mind, you know. Right, kind of bringing your own personal style to, to each pair. Right. That's awesome. I actually started following your account a couple years ago on Instagram, um, primarily because at the time I was sewing a lot. I'm a seamster and a designer as well. And I definitely love working with denim. I'm, I love the sewing machines that you're always posting photos of. Yeah. So you have a really great account to follow. Yeah, I appreciate that. So tell me a little bit more about kind of the business and maybe uh, some specifics on, you know, what you're offering right now or what your main focus is right now. Yeah. Um, so, so right now, uh, January, I've been doing this almost five years now. So January, I, I finally had the courage to kind of do like a, a soft launch, if you will. Um, and it, it kind of went uh, terrible, but I learned a lot because I, I, I messed up on a pattern uh, that, that translated into, you know, roughly 20 pairs of jeans and the fly was messed up and so uh i wasn't really happy with that and so i've kind of i've kind of tried to slow my life down a bit and and process you know what it is that i'm i'm trying to to offer people and um trying to figure out the best way to to do that and and make it so that it's you know somewhat affordable for the people who who truly care about the art um but also so that, you know, I don't have to work 18 hour days anymore. So it's, Definitely. yeah, it's um, right now I'm kind of just trying to develop uh, some different patterns. One that I've got kind of nailed down is, is my fit that I worked on with uh, a good friend of mine and a guy. Uh, I work for a company, Ship John and Stephen Hurd and Mike Elias are the owners uh, of that company. And uh, I work for them three days a week and Stephen Hurd is just like a master uh, with pattern making and, and plotting and he just really knows the math and science behind it so he helped me uh, develop he sent me my first official patterns ever just a classic straight leg pattern uh, before that I was ripping up jeans and, and tracing them onto denim and, and, and making kind of shoddy pairs of jeans a few years ago and uh, so he helped me develop a pattern, and um, and it's called the Slacker fit. And it's basically it's a it's a fit that's developed for people that that kind of have bigger legs. Maybe they work out. Um, one thing is I used to work out a lot before the 
denim thing and, and I could never find jeans that fit my thighs that weren't like huge like bell bottoms or boot cut jeans at the bottom. Um, and so the slacker fit is kind of like that slightly tapered fit, but it's not too tapered to where it's not, you know, or it's just way too tight on your legs. It's not like skinny jeans. And uh, so right now I'm really just, I'm, I'm doing things like that, like slowly developing uh, different fits that I, I think are aesthetically pleasing and, and going to hold up. And uh, I plan to launch three other fits, um, all with a, a name kind of, kind of similar to Slacker, uh, kind of the negative, negative name because I've, I've battled with, and I think a lot of other entrepreneurs battle with like the, the concept of like perfection and, and never being able to reach it and, and kind of feeling like, you know, maybe you're not doing enough. So I think it's kind of fun to, to give these things we've worked hard for kind of the negative names you felt while, you know, making them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely true, man. As an entrepreneur, you're always, you know, trying to one up yourself from the previous thing right. or struggling with that, uh, you know, perfectionism in my case. So yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfectionism uh, for me uh, is, you know, something that I really need to work on uh, being better about is, you know, whether that's like, you know, if I start cleaning a machine or, or cleaning my house or making a pair of jeans, um, I get infatuated. Like it's like this, um, it's really a curse, you know, it, everything has to be as like exactly as I see it in my head or perfectly clean. And, um, and it's kind of draining. So you, you kind of always have that, you never really feel that uh, reward at the end because you, you could have done something differently. So that's something I'm trying to train my mind on right now is like seeing the, the beauty in, in the little inner uh, imperfections, you know, and uh, learning to appreciate them rather than despise them. Absolutely. I've, I've kind of, uh, I've been learning that with this podcast, in fact, you know, because I don't edit anything from the show. Yeah. Um, and I realize that there's going to be hiccups along the way. And I just have to say, you know what, that's just the way it is. And it actually makes it better. It's more authentic. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I appreciate that you do that because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we're all people, you know, and and I tell people all the time that, that want to do something, they say, oh, you're, you know, you're amazing. You, you created all this and you're young, but you know, it's anybody is capable of doing anything that they want to do. Now, some people may be born like singing, for example. Um, some people may be like, you know, a little more uh, naturally talented from birth. Uh, with the vocals and all of that. But if you try hard enough, um, you can do anything you want to do, you know. And and so allowing people to see that, that these entrepreneurs that they see uh, are real people just like them, you know. We have good days and we have bad days. And 
and we may have a bad interview and we may have a good one but so i appreciate the unedited you know i i think it helps people realize that you know it's all achievable and it's real yeah thank you i'm enjoying it um it's it's something i developed for a couple reasons to one thing was to hold me accountable every week to to something you know, yeah. I, I want to have a couple of guests every week. And I realize if I don't put in the work, there's not going to be a show. And so I've, it helps me be accountable to something throughout the week. Right. Um, along with that, it's surrounding myself with people who share a similar vision or people that I can kind of look up to. And, you know, and I can build that network of like-minded individuals. Yeah, man, that that's crucial in life. Um, yeah, it definitely. I mean, the the people you know, and and the people you surround yourself with is, is truly the difference between make or break. Um, you know, without without the right network and without the right people uh, in your circle, it's it things can be very very hard and take a lot longer than they need to. Definitely. Tell me about your passion for the actual sewing machines, because I know you're you're obsessed with those, and and I know why. But tell tell the guests why. Yeah. So, really, the the really old machines um, are what I'm I'm really into, uh, and they're just the the materials they use, the steel they used in the day, and. And, and some of the machines are, are cast steel. Some of them are cast iron. But uh, the ones that are, are, are steel are just, the, the steel is incredibly resilient. I mean, I've, I've gotten machines out of barns that are like in the floor barns. And, um, you know, people wanted to scrap them. And I brought them home and I threw them in a solution that I used. And gave them some elbow grease and you pull them out and you oil them up and you post them and, and people go nuts about them. And, uh, so they're like these, these forgotten little gems, you know, that it really, it's, 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 it, it translates over into the whole journey of, of being an entrepreneur too. That that's why I think I connect with the old machines is like when you start out and everything seems so crazy and everything you make looks terrible. Um, Sometimes all it takes is a little elbow grease, you know, and and really there's something beautiful underneath. Um, you know, for example, my first thing I ever made that was functional was a, a denim wallet. And, and the more experienced I got at sewing over the years, actually, like, aesthetically, the wallets looked better, you know. But um, as far as functionality, it actually decreased. So my mind was, was much more open then, I feel. And uh, so with the old machines, uh, they, they tell a story. They were in a factory and, and they were somebody's tool, you know, eight, ten hours a day. And they just ran all day long. Um, so it's really cool to sit down at an old machine that, that somebody may have used, you know, 80, 100 years ago. Uh, there's a certain like feel uh to it that you just you can't really get with a a more modern machine um 
yeah. yeah. And my ex- my experience is uh, a couple things. First thing is, for every new machine I got that did something more specialized, my product got that much better and faster to make. You know, right. because all those machines do something different. Right. Um, and the other thing that I learned was, you know, back in junior high, when they were teaching me how to sew in sewing class, they had some like piece of shit plastic machine from like, the th- you know, I don't even know where they got it, but right, you had to, you had to literally spend hours threading it and being frustrated with how cheap it was to make anything. But when you get your hands on an industrial machine. It's a whole nother story. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, you know, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of Juki machines, uh, too. Um, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm big into the old singers and the old union specials. Uh, being a self-taught mechanic and, and having to take all these machines apart, um, I can really appreciate the... the the Japanese craftsmanship that goes into the Jukis. Uh, they're really well made, but um, the the problem with other modern machines, uh, like that one you were talking about in middle school, is that things are, are designed nowadays to be, you know, to either be constantly replacing parts or replacing the entire unit. Um, and they're really outfitted for these big corporations that can afford to do so. Um, when you buy, you know, really old machines, the, these machines were a lot like old American craftsmanship. You know, they stood behind their names and you went to them because it was quality. And, and so even today, these old machines, you know, if they were maintained properly, they're, they've still got 100, 150 years left of, of life in them. And I just, that's not something that, you see a lot nowadays in in any product. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, even even our cell phones, of course, they're they're advancing quickly, but you got to get a new one every year, right? Because if you, <laughs> yeah. if you don't, uh, you know, we're tied into this. Like we feel outdated before. You know, you can even get used to the new phone you have. There's a new one out. Uh, and then secondly, the, the software updates and, and all of that just fry the old ones. So, I mean, you're kind of just forced to to keep, you know, upgrading. Keep upgrading. That's what I that, – that, it's funny you bring that up because um, that, that's a major part of what I appreciate about both raw denim and, and these old machines is – as a teenager, um, I battled with, and I still battle with OCD. Um, but you know, I, I thought that I constantly had to like wash, uh, my clothes. Like, you know, as soon as I got home from school, I'd throw my jeans in the washer, change clothes. And, and then, you know, it, it, it was just this kind of disposable, world that I lived in where, you know, you had to have the latest fashion, the latest shirts and what season did LRG come out with? And do you have that jacket? And then, uh, I found these old machines and and people that don't wash their jeans for six months to a year. And I was like, Whoa, you know, this is different. 
um, it's a slower way of life and, and I like it because you don't have to worry as much, you know, if you can eliminate any stress in your life, uh, I'd encourage you to do so. Yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah. Jeans don't need to be washed, you know, every other day, I guess if you're, you know, wearing them to work or right. something like that, but on the daily, you know, they're, they're just made to, to wear consistently. Yeah. So it seems like you've got a lot of opportunity, man. I mean, you, and maybe you're still figuring it out, but I mean, you could be a mechanic, you could fix and flip these machines, you can do collaborations. Right. They're just the endless possibilities with kind of the directions that, you know, things that you enjoy. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate to, to have found this outlet. Um, I think, though, that go, going forward in the future, uh, I've been I've been spending a little bit too much time working on machines and and too little time actually using them and and that's actually kind of changing my perspective on the machines uh which I'm not really liking so I think I'm going to step away from the me- mechanic stuff and the you know outside of my own machines the mechanic stuff and the sourcing machines and and just focus on using them Gotcha well, man, I'm sure excited to uh, one day to maybe pick up some product from you, maybe a wallet. Um, yeah. I really like the new logo on your T-shirt. Thank you, man. Yeah, I might have to definitely get one of those. Do you sell those on your website or anything? Um, You know, right now I'm looking for um, the perfect shirt uh, as far as the fit goes and the feel. Um, and so, but that, that's definitely something, you know, towards, towards fall that I I'd like to have is, is, you know, a couple denim shirt options. Um, I've been messing around with, with dyeing materials and I've, I've got a batch of indigo, um, fermenting in my garage. So I definitely want to get into some, some super small batch hand dyed, uh, materials like natural denims and. And so hopefully towards fall, I'll have a, a solid line um, of, of some shirts and some options for jeans and, and maybe some bags and just do, you know, small, um, small batch production and get people in that, that want something and close that batch until I finish it up and ready to start the next one. Got you. Yeah. Um, so I used to produce a line of kind of like messenger bags and backpacks. Right on. I did a lot of farmer's markets and, and events like that where I'd sell them. But, you know, part of what I like to, to convey with the podcast is, you know, the value that we create when we make something by hand, you know, it, yeah. it, it usually costs a little more. And so, you know, when someone goes to buy a pair of jeans that's custom and designed by you, obviously it's going to cost more. Yeah. But now they have a story to go with it, you know? And, exactly. And that's what's special about entrepreneurship. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. I, I think uh, one thing I got lost in that, that I 
I see a lot of people struggle with is when I was younger, you know, when I, when I, I bought a pair of jeans from like American Eagle or, or Hollister, which were like all the rage when I was in middle school and, and early high school. Uh, but the, the thought that somebody actually had to sew those was completely detached. Uh, it wasn't, you know, when I was buying these things, never, you know, never did I even have a thought that about who made these, or what their story is. Um, it was like, I'm just buying this thing, this pair of jeans that grew on this shelf or something, you know, just <laughs> appeared there. And, uh, that's, that's really interesting. Um, and I, I see it a lot, you know, so. Yeah, I see it a lot. I, I work at, uh, at Nordstrom and, you know, I walk by these clothes all the time. I did an inventory the other night at a Nordstrom rack where we literally scanning all these products. And I was just like buried in clothing. And I was like, wow, man, like this, this pair of jeans was like, you know, it's on sale for like 40 bucks. Yeah. And that just blew my mind. Like you can't even buy a piece of fabric for that. Right. Yeah, honestly. So it's just crazy what fashion and and retail and all that does. It's crazy to me. Yeah, it really is. Um, that that's the that's the one thing that that I'd like to change, and I'm really passionate about. I'm trying to figure out a way to educate people on um, because I I still need to be better educated. But you know, these low prices on on goods these days are are a product of of corporate greed and you know, human rights violations from breathing in these these chemicals and the dust from distressing these materials overseas and and you know no no real oversight on on production of genes in, in foreign places, you know, nobody to protect those people. And so at what cost are you getting that pair of jeans at sixty dollars? Um there's no way to know. And, and, I, and I don't judge anybody for being there because I've been there. And if I weren't, if I weren't interested in, in being a jeans maker uh, or wasn't when I was 19, I may still be there. But now, right. that I'm, now that I'm aware, I feel like it's my duty to, to help other people see that. Absolutely. Well, cool, Harley. Man, I appreciate your time. And I mean look forward to kind of keeping in touch with you down the road, but do you have anything else you want to kind of add toward entrepreneurship, your journey and that kind of stuff that you'd like to throw in before we wrap it up? Yeah. Uh, mainly just anybody, anybody trying to, to do something, um, different or that they really want to do in life. Um, the main thing I'd say is, is keep faith in the dream. And if you can see it in your mind, you can make it a reality. You just have to really have faith and keep going. And, you know, don't get caught up in what other people say about it. Don't get caught up in uh, not feeling like people notice it because that'll all come with time. Uh, the most important thing to remember is, is to keep that faith inside and, and just keep pushing. Um, 
And, and that's what I would say about being an entrepreneur, you know, is these pipe dreams that, that people that, that don't really dream or know how to dream talk about is really just an excuse to, to not push for it. I mean, there's somebody walking around out there that invented the pool noodle and they're probably a billionaire. Uh, the <laughs> coat hanger, you know, the, everything that we're surrounded by except for nature was created by human beings. So what makes them any more powerful than you? And the answer is nothing at all. I mean, we just, I think a lot of times we limit uh, ourselves to, to perceived realities and, and really we're capable of anything we put our mind to. And, and everybody fosters that power. I promise that. Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. I'm wishing you the best of luck. And I will, uh, in the show notes, I'm going to have some links of where people can find you, follow you. And uh, again, thanks again, Harley. Take care. Yeah, yeah thank you, man. Take care. Podcast listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Harley Ashby of Indigo Ashby. Head on over to Instagram and take a look at his profile. Get to know him under at Indigo Ashby. Guys, I really appreciate you tuning into the podcast. I hope that if you're enjoying it, you'll share it with your friends that are just getting into the podcast world. And if you want to go ahead and give us a rating um, on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, also really appreciate that. And I'd love to hear some feedback um, if you would like to go to Twitter under Authentic Chad, I'd love to hear any feedback you have on the show, any suggestions, um, any potential guests that you'd like to hear from, uh, things like that. But again, thanks for tuning in. I love you guys, and we'll talk to you next time.